0: Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. So today, we're going to be talking about gut health, and it probably feels like you hear about gut health everywhere. Like it almost feels like it's kind of like a buzzword. Like commercials now have it for yogurt. Like it's good for your gut health. Another buzzword that's kind of along with that is like the microbiome. Um, that that's a big topic that's used now, and that's because um, in two thousand eight, people researchers um, began to study. Our microbiome and it's a new area of focus but scientists are quickly finding that the bacteria we have in our digestive tract matters and it matters a lot more in living a happy healthy life than we ever thought it did prior. 70% of our serotonin which is like the happy hormone that makes you feel happy is produced in the gut so if your gut's off then you may not feel as happy as you could So I'm going to begin giving you more background on what gut health is, and then I'm going to jump into some other topics related to gut health. So I'll talk about what harms our gut health, symptoms of gut health imbalance, and then I'll talk about common diagnoses that you may get that means you have gut health imbalance. And then the last thing I'll talk about is things we can do to repair our gut health. So I'll start with, what is gut health? Um, So gut health basically is referring to the microbiome. And the microbiome is the collection of bacteria that lives in our small and large intestines. Uh, And gut bacteria, you know, that's what affects our moods and behaviors. And our microbiome, it's a collection of genes that are encoded um, within all those microbes. And it's often referred to as the second genome. And our first genome is our DNA sequence. And um, because no two DNA DNA sequences are identical, uh, no two gut microbiotas are identical. So think of the microbiome as our body's internal fingerprint. It's unique to us. Um, Our microbiome, it's able to make up for deficiencies that we have in our first genome, our DNA. So if you're predisposed to something because there's a weak point in your DNA, your gut health can actually make up for those weak points if it is cared for properly. Our gut health even plays a role in how strong our immune system is. Our gut is home to more than a 100 trillion bacteria. And all of that bacteria is called, or they're all called microbes. There's 10 times more bacteria in our gut than there are cells in our body. So you can kind of see that it actually is pretty important. The average American adult has about 1200 different species of bacteria living in the gut. And that, that does seem like a pretty big number but if you take that number and you compare it to people who live in the amazons of venezuela they have about 1600 different species of bacteria in their guts so what we're finding is that modern day technology since over the past 50 years it has resulted in our grocery store shelves being filled with highly processed overly sweetened calorie dense foods that are usually stripped of dietary fiber and they're even sanitized to prolong their shelf life that when you your diet when it consists of most of these foods it represents a huge deviation from what we have eaten over our evolutionary history and because we're not really designed to eat foods like that it's starting to kill off our all the different species of bacteria living in our gut So to give you a better understanding of what a fully functional microbiome might look like, um, we can look at the last full-time hunter-gatherers in Africa, they're a tribe called the Hadza, and the Hadza's diet and microbiota provide the closest modern-day approximation to that of our ancestors before the introduction of agriculture. So the Hadza consume between 100 and 150 grams of fiber per day. So, to put that number in context, the average American typically eats 10 to 15 grams of fiber per day. So, that's like a pretty shocking gap. Um, and fiber is something that feeds. Um, all the microbes in our gut. So like we wonder why our bacteria is dying inside our microbiome. It's like, well, look at, look at our fiber intake when it you know, should be 100 grams and we're getting as much as 15 grams. That's a, that's a pretty big gap. So the Hadza's microbiota houses a much greater diversity of microbes than um, our microbiomes today. Uh, This author, Julia Enders, she wrote a book called Gut, and it's actually a really, really good book. And the way she breaks everything down is super easy to understand, Um, so I definitely recommend reading it if you're looking for a book to read about gut health. And she uses this metaphor to compare the Hadza microbiome with our microbiomes today. And she says to imagine a jar of jelly beans with different flavors representing different species of bacteria in our gut. So the Hadza hunter-gatherer microbiome, their jar of jelly beans is filled with many different colors and flavors, even some super unusual ones that might be really rare. And then the Western American microbiome jar of jelly beans has fewer flavors and less color variety. It's kind of not even very fun to look at. So the differences in gut bacteria, well, this difference of species of bacteria is not just found in um, adults today. We're finding it in children as well. So if you use the jelly bean metaphor, you can see how much we've how much our guts have changed and not really for the better. So what research has found is that diversity matters. Diversity in our gut can be a buffer against getting seriously sick, like developing various diseases, cancer, how well we can fight off a virus, maybe like COVID, the flu. All the diverse good bacteria that is living in our gut, sets up the foundation for our immune system throughout our entire life. The more good bacteria you consume early on in life, the stronger your immune system will be. So letting kids eat dirt really isn't all that bad for them. It's actually good for their health. There's a lot of good bacteria in soil that we could benefit from. Now, obviously, like you don't wanna do it with just any dirt. Like If you're planting flowers and you have organic potting soil, that's gonna be like the best possible soil to do that with. So if we know that diversity in our gut is affected um, as children, we now know that it's even affected from the day we're born. So, if you were born via C-section, or you were born vaginally, that is gonna have a huge impact on the foundation of your gut health. So, babies that are born vaginally, when they're coming out of the birth canal, they swallow their mother's fluid during the birthing process. And that fluid contains a lot of good bacteria, which helps their immune system and is the foundation for their microbiome. So, when you're born via C-section, you don't get all that fluid from the birth canal and therefore you're starting day off at a bit of a disadvantage. Now it's not until recently that we realized how important the fluid in the birth canal was for infants to swallow. So nowadays, if a mother has to get a C-section, they will take the fluid from the birth canal and feed it to the baby so that they do get those bacteria because we're now seeing how important it is. Um, But before we didn't know that, so the doctors weren't, weren't doing that. Also, another contributing factor at an early age is whether or not you got breastfed by your mother. So breast milk contains good bacteria that we need as infants to set up a healthy gut and immune system as well. If you weren't born uh, vaginally and you weren't breastfed as a baby, it doesn't mean that you are like doomed. It just means that you have to take extra care of your gut health and just be aware because you may be predisposed to having gut health imbalance as well as you might have a bit of a weaker immune system. And so that's probably something that you just need to address and kind of work towards strengthening so that you aren't at so much of a disadvantage anymore. So now that I have given you um, some background on gut health, uh, I'm gonna start talking about what harms our gut health. I mean, I've already kind of touched upon that a little bit as far as um, you know as infants, and um, with our um, the microbiome being so different from what it has been in the past. But now I'll get into more detail about specifics uh, on things that we do probably daily that harm our gut health. So I'm gonna start with processed foods. So the diversity in our gut gets diminished the more processed foods we eat and the more foods we eat containing preservatives. Um, Those, as I kind of mentioned earlier, are stripped of their natural fiber and are often filled with chemicals to uh, make their shelf life longer. So those chemicals, preservatives, and the lack of fiber kill the diversity um, because the bacteria thrives on fiber and without that it's gonna die off and then with these chemicals and preservatives coming in that our guts aren't really meant to digest are also going to cause them to start dying off and not only does this harm our bacteria in the gut it also aggravates the stomach lining and the intestinal lining and it starts causing the lining to become inflamed so the next thing that harms our gut health are specific foods like soy, gluten, corn, eggs, and dairy. So as far as eggs, dairy, and gluten, they may not present an issue in someone who has no gut issues. So if you don't have gut issues and these don't, foods don't bother you, then you don't need to cut them out. But if you do have gut issues, then I would cut these foods out until maybe your gut issues resolve. And then you can reintroduce them and see if maybe now you're able to tolerate them. And then regardless of whether or not you have an existing gut health balance, I would avoid soy and corn. Um, so if your gut is healthy or not, avoid soy and corn. They, they typically contain a lot of viral toxins, um, especially, especially soy and... Um, they can harm a perfectly healthy gut. Canola oil is another specific thing to avoid. Canola oil destroys the gut lining and makes the intestinal, um, well, makes intestinal tract issues worse. So if you have like IBS or SIBO or Crohn's disease, canola oil will just aggravate it and cause things to flare up. Um, And if you don't have one of those, it will just destroy your gut lining, which then creates issues such as leaky gut. Canola oil hides in a lot of foods. I know it's in some vegan food products, like Just Egg, which is a vegan egg replacement. It's in uh, vegan cheeses, and it's in other packaged foods, so it's just super important to read the ingredients of something, especially when you're buying it in a package, because it's gonna be in there, and you're not gonna know it, and then you're like, oh, I'm eating you know, I'm eating vegan, but then why is my stomach still hurting? And, and you could be eating large amounts of canola oil and you are unaware. But there are vegan cheeses that don't have canola oil because I do eat vegan cheese. And I looked for a long time to try to find one that didn't have canola oil because I was determined and I finally found one. So it's possible, you just have to read ingredients. The next food that harms our gut, which is probably a given, is sugar. Processed sugar. Um, So that is something you want to avoid. Sugar kills off our good bacteria. And I'm going to do a whole episode on sugar specifically, so I'm not going to talk too much about it right now. Um, But sugar hides in products under a lot of different names. So a company will market a product as sugar-free. And if you read the ingredients, it has sucralose in it. And sucralose is the same thing as sugar, they just give it a different name and then they're able to market it as being sugar-free and it's really not. So I'm gonna talk about all the different names that sugar hides under in an episode, um, but for now, like sucralose is one that's used a lot, so um, I'll, I'll throw that one out there. Another thing that harms our gut health is overusing antibacterial soaps and hand sanitizers. Now this is really hard right now with COVID-19 and needing to like over sanitize everything so we don't spread it and we don't contract it. But hopefully when um, we can kind of get some normalcy again and we don't need to over sanitize things, we can keep this in mind because the more you over sanitize, especially your hands, you're you're killing off good bacteria that lives on your hands because there is good bacteria living on our skin. And when we eat, we eat that too. And we need that. And when you sanitize and use antibacterial soaps, it kills just everything on your hands and on surfaces. And some of that is important at maintaining a certain healthy immune system. So it is kind of a bummer, especially with kids. It's, it's, don't over sanitize around kids because they are developing an immune system. They need to be exposed to some level of bacteria. So kids right now are definitely at a disadvantage not being exposed to that much bacteria because everything is so overly sanitized. Granted, like, it is for a reason right now. So the last thing that I'm going to talk about that harms our gut health is antibiotics, especially long-term antibiotics or antibiotic use that is really frequent. So um, for, for this one, I like to use... This metaphor. So think think of a wildfire. Think of like the wildfires we've seen in California and Australia. And think about footage that you've seen of an area that has been burned. There's there's nothing left. There's no plant life left. Everything is burned to the ground. And that's what antibiotics do to our gut. They just destroy everything. The good bacteria, the bad bacteria. They don't know the difference. And so. When you take a round of antibiotics, everything is gone. And so after taking antibiotics, it's really, really important to repair your gut health intensely. Um, And if you keep getting an issue where you need to get on antibiotics often, um, like you keep getting urinary tract infections or whatever it may be, you should start looking for the root cause of that because it's obviously something else going on in your body that is causing the reoccurrence and having to keep taking antibiotics really isn't the solution. And I know that there was a time and a place for antibiotics. I I personally was on antibiotics for 10 months after I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease, and it killed me every day to take the capsule because I just knew what it was doing to my inside. But at the same time, I wanted to get better, and I had to take it. So after after being on it for 10 months, I ended up begging my physician to let me take a break or get off of it. And that was where I knew my body better than my doctor. And so I had to discuss like her thoughts as far as me getting off of it. And I know we're not doctors, but we do know our bodies better than a doctor. They don't live in our body every day. We do, we know what feels right. And if something's not sitting well with you, whether it's about antibiotics or anything, don't be afraid to ask questions and, you know, tell your doctor that, you know, I'm not really comfortable with this. Can like we discuss other options or can I think about it? Because it ultimately, at the end of the day, it is our body. And so that's what I did with my doctor. I, you know, explained how I really just didn't feel that I wanted to be on them anymore. I wanted to try to kind of go the more nutrition route and see if I could help manage my Lyme's disease that way and Um, if I absolutely had to, I would get back on the antibiotics, but I wanted to try getting off of them. And six months after I got off of them, I was finally in remission and I felt so much better even just shortly after getting off of them. So that's just like a good lesson aside from like talking about antibiotics, but just that, you know, don't be afraid to question your doctor because again, we know our bodies better than anyone else ever can. Next, I'm going to give a list of symptoms of gut health Um, there, These are just a few of them. I mean, there's, there's so many, the list is really long, but these are the top ones that most people feel if something's going on in their gut. So you'll feel bloating after you eat something, anything, constipation or diarrhea or both, eczema or psoriasis, a lot of times um, uh, having a skin condition, is a sign that you have gut health imbalance Um, our skin is the largest organ in our body and it is a good teller of what is happening underneath the surface so if you struggle with eczema and psoriasis and you really can't figure out like what the root causes i mean you might have something going on with your gut acne can be another symptom of gut imbalance as well as gas anxiety may be another Symptom that you have gut imbalance um, if you if you already have anxiety issues and you feel it gets worse when you eat certain foods It definitely could be related Mental fogginess is another symptom and as well as acid reflux If you get a lot of acid reflux, it could be a sign that there is um, an issue Some common diagnoses that mean you most likely have gut imbalance um, is SIBO That means small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Candida overgrowth is another diagnosis you may get. Uh, We all have a certain level of candida in our gut and we do need it, but it's when it gets out of that normal range that it can cause issues. And another common diagnosis is irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. A lot of times if you have some tests done because you're experiencing symptoms, And nothing serious shows up on the test, doctors will give you the diagnoses of, oh, well, you just, you have uh, IBS. So they're not denying that you have something happening, but they just don't see anything severe going on. So then there's really nothing that they can do. And so if you do get a diagnosis of um, IBS, then that would be a moment to, Evaluate the things you're eating and um, what you're putting into your body and see if you can improve that and the issue may get better So now let's talk about repairing gut health things we can do to help repair our gut health So the first thing that you can do is sit down when you're eating The the more stressed you feel or the longer you're staring at your phone or your laptop your your posture is is compromised and you start to slouch down and when this happens, all your organs in your body are being pushed down and things like digestion become harder for the body. So it's so important to allow your body the best possible setup for good healthy digestion so that you don't get backed up, bloated, gassy, or acid reflux. So how we sit while we're eating is so important to you know, reduce the presence of these things. And actually sitting while we're eating allows our stomachs to kind of relax versus if we're standing up, they're a little tense. And um, it could create bloating if you eat while you're standing. So sit down and eat. Uh, you've probably heard of mindful eating. And this is where you you take time to eat. Um, you chew every bite instead of just rushing through your meal. And part of mindful eating includes having good posture while you eat. So sitting down, sitting up straight, and enjoying your meal and not just rushing on to the next thing and i know that can be hard um, but it's probably easier to sit down while we eat now that most of us are working from home we're not like eating on the go and things like that another thing you can do to help repair your gut health is take a daily probiotic so probiotics are the strands of good bacteria that live inside your gut so if you think of your gut like a garden the probiotics are all of the seeds that you plant and they'll grow into plants and the more different plants you have, the more different strains of bacteria. So the more probiotics you get, the more strands you're getting into your body, whether they're duplicate strands or more of different ones, but just the more the better. You want to have a super lush garden. And these bacteria die off whenever you take a round of antibiotics or eat a highly processed or sugary meal. In order to help counteract those effects, that's where a daily probiotic would come in. There's there's a lot to think about when picking a daily probiotic. I will actually be doing an episode on probiotics next week. Another thing that is really good in helping repair our gut are prebiotics. So prebiotics, you may not have heard of them as much as probiotics. So if you think about probiotics being the seeds and the plants growing in your garden, um, the prebiotics are like the water and fertilizer that you put in your garden so that it flourishes, kind of like the food. So if you are taking all of these probiotics um, and you aren't eating any foods that are prebiotics, those probiotics aren't going to have anything to eat and they will die off. So prebiotics are just as important, if not more important than probiotics, because prebiotics feed existing gut bacteria as well, not just like ones that you take in your probiotic um, supplement. So prebiotics um, not only nourish all the good gut bacteria, but they also help improve our digestion, they reduce inflammation in the body, they support our immune function, they improve cholesterol levels, they lower the risk um, for weight gain and obesity, so they play a role in a lot of other things. I am going to go through a list of great food sources of prebiotics because you can't really take a prebiotic supplement it it pretty much comes from what we're eating Um, so most most any fresh fruit or vegetable will be a prebiotic to our gut Um, and so I'm gonna name off some of like the top ones Um, and then it's important to know that when buying produce um, to know when to buy organic and when it doesn't matter. So if you're familiar with the Dirty Dozen list, I, I don't have that in front of me right now, and I should just have it memorized, to be completely honest, but I don't. Um, anything that's not on the Dirty Dozen list, it's okay to buy conventional, but if it's one of the 12 foods on that list, you do need to buy it organic. Um, and another good rule of thumb, if you can't remember the list either, is if you're going to be eating the entire fruit or the entire vegetable, skin and everything – buy organic Um, but if you're not eating the skin such as a banana or an avocado it's okay to buy conventional here are some good foods berries grapefruit nectarines peaches watermelon oats cashews flax seeds hemp seeds pistachios artichokes asparagus chicory fennel garlic, green peas, jicama, onions, potatoes, black beans, garbanzo beans, kidney beans, lentils, and navy beans. And these are just the top prebiotic foods. There are a lot more. Just anything that you're putting into your body is a prebiotic food because it's gonna be digested by your stomach. So just think, you know, what is gonna benefit all of the microbes in my stomach? And typically that will be whole fruits and vegetables. So another thing that repairs our, helps repair our gut health is exercise. So there are certain types of exercise that help increase blood flow, which stimulates our digestive system and our bowels. So exercising for 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week, will improve our gut and just your overall well-being as well, um, but it will have a positive impact on your gut. So um, exercising even helps to increase the diversity of bacteria in your gut. So the more bacteria diversity, the stronger and healthier immune system you will have. And exercising even helps to reduce inflammation, constipation, bloating, which those are also all signs of gut health imbalance. Some specific exercises to support good digestion are things like yoga, tai chi, walking, running, cycling, or jumping rope. So if we didn't need another good reason to exercise, here's one. So that's pretty much everything um, about gut health that I was planning to cover. Um, I am going to wrap up with a couple little interesting points. Um, There's something called the gut-brain access. And this basically means that our gut is strongly connected to our brain. It's almost like a second brain. Um, And so if our brain is feeling stressed or anxious, um, it is going to impact our gut. Uh, And studies have have proven that. So if you're feeling really stressed and you wonder why your your gut health seems to be worse than it was last week when you were super calm, that's why our our minds are strongly connected to the gut. Um, You also have probably heard the term gut feeling or listen to your gut. Um, those actually have meaning and they mean that our guts are our second brain. They control our mood and our behaviors. And so it is a very accurate saying, as funny as we have may thought it to be, there is truth behind it. So thanks for listening to me talk about my, one of my favorite topics, gut health. Um, And I hope you tune in next week when I talk about probiotics.